Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode, our 50th episode of Serious Issues, a comic book podcast, is brought to you by the good people at Aces Weekly, which is an exclusively online comics magazine from the uh, V for Vendetta artist and creator David Lloyd. Um, just a dollar a week is all it costs to get you a great mix of serials and short stories, aka great comics, uh, directly to your screens from top comics artists and writers all across the planet. Don't forget to visit acesweekly.co.uk and tell them Serious Issues sent you. For like, you won't get anything for that, but just tell them anyway. Just tell them. Tell, in fact, just go to every website <laughs> and tell them that Serious Issues sent to you. But in particular, acesweekly.co.uk. We're going to talk about some of the comics that they've got on there later in the show. Which starts now. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Serious Issues. My name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And it's our 50th episode, Siobhan. Oh my God. And I thought we would celebrate by, celebrate by reading 50 new number ones, because <laughs> that's how many number ones came out last week. That is an exaggeration, but it's like, only a it's like 14 one. or something. There's a lot. There's um, a lot. Yeah, if you, if you round up to... If you round up badly, that's 50. <laughs> uh, this is Serious Issues. What we do every week is we review all of the new comics that came out last week and let you know which were the good ones and reluctantly let you know which were the bad ones too. Um, we start off by talking about all of the new number ones in the segment that we call First Things First. Uh, and that's exactly what we're going to do right now. Uh, we're going to review all the new number ones from uh, pretty much every creator put out a number one this week. Uh, every you- creator. Every All sorry, every not creator, every publisher put out. There were a lot of IDW number ones. Yeah, and most of them are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so let's get right into the thick of it. We're going to start with some image books because I feel like, I mean, no surprises here. My favorite number one this week was uh, by one of our favorite creators. Um, although since we started the podcast, it's very rare that we get to review him as an artist. Mm-hmm. Mostly we review him as a writer. His name is Jeff Lemire. Uh, we have, uh, since the podcast began, had the privilege of uh, reviewing his his uh, comic Black Hammer. Yep, which I love. Um, but we're you know we're long term fans of him, so we're big fans of Essex County and the Underwater Welder, which are two graphic novels that he uh, wrote and drew himself. Of course, there's a Sweet Tooth run over at Vertigo, yep. and he's done countless uh, works uh, in the last few years for DC, Marvel, and Valiant. But uh, it's cool to see him getting back to like his roots, which is sort of. Um like he says in the back matter yeah like he says in the back matter (laughs) slice of life is not what he's looking for but it's like kind of more literary comics like it's it's just about family and life and things like that it's very personal yeah absolutely and they're about you know they're about age and they're about you know like personal achievement Mm. growth that kind of stuff small town living uh so royal city is the name of his brand new comic that he's written and drawn um and and colored too wow it's awesome um Mm. 
So letters on this one by Steve Wands. Uh, and uh, man, this was... I, I, I kind of feel like this is like one of the comics that we I don't think we need to talk about at all. Like, like you've listened so far. We're 50 episodes in, baby. Mm. You should just go out and get this comic. This is like, this is a, if we, if we were to, to, you know, allow ourselves to rate comics, I'm glad yeah. we don't go down that, that, that trap yeah, very often. Totally. But I don't want this to 10. This was like a yeah, perfect absolutely. number one to me. Yeah, this was like so engrossing, so compelling. You immediately are like... It was pretty funny because a couple of the King staff were reading this in the back room and asking, like, wait, 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 hang on a second, what's going on? Because it does do that. Like, halfway through, you're sort of a little bit a little bit confused as to where the story's going and there seem to be a lot of like, characters with the same name. <laughs> um, and then um, it, all, it all sort of comes together in a very, very compelling way in the end. And Jeff Lemire is so good at kind of... Um, small moments of poignancy and beautiful sort of heart-wrenching family drama and I love this. I think I really really beautiful. A really beautiful comic. And it's it's narrated by a, a character that you you don't see for 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 quite a mm-hmm. while in the book and then the reveal of what that narration actually is I I, I actually really like move me. It was yeah. like I I just think yeah this was this is an unbelievable book and like Jeff Lemire as an artist I just think is so awesome. I, you yeah. know, he and he even talks about his style being so unique. And early on in his career, he was concerned that, you know, his art wouldn't wouldn't get him anywhere because it was so, it's so you know strange in parts. He's you know, mm. he's, I, I love the sketchiness of, of of his faces. I actually think this is the most polished we've ever seen his art. Yeah, if you absolutely. go back and compare this, I've even got like some comic that he re-released and he he it was like a twenty four hour comic book challenge, mm. and uh, it's like the first thing he ever did. Um, and uh, it's very, very rough, but you can still see the the kind of the Lemire-style faces and that kind of thing. And mm. I can't remember what it's called. I've got I've got two copies of it. If anyone wants yeah, one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this was uh, an excellent, excellent first issue. Um, there's a slight supernatural element potentially, or it could all be in someone's head. So, yeah, it's sort of like it's it's got that kind of almost magical realism element where it's not a full genre book, like it's not as much of a fantasy or sci-fi book as, say, Sweet Tooth um, or some of the other things that he's worked on, but it does have an element of spooky supernatural Spooky-natural. Spooky-natural. Um, and, uh, you know, at, at, at its heart, this is about... Uh, a um, dysfunctional family. Yeah, and, you know, everyone they've all grown up together, but they're not necessarily together anymore. And anyone happens, with siblings, <laughs> it's going to relate to yeah, this book. What happens when all these people are forced to come to come back together again? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm could not be more on board for this series. Absolutely. And uh, you know, if if you trust our opinions at all, you will go out and get Royal City Number One by Jeff Lemire. And please uh, do. Yeah, I mean, he, the fact that he was able to to draw and write and and color this entire issue amongst the hundreds of other comics yeah. he's put out in the last couple of years. Yeah, he, that guy must not sleep or something. Totally. I think he's been working on this series for a long time. Like, I think one of the things that really comes across in it is it's a very, very personal book. Like, it feels very personal. Mm. I don't know in what sense it relates to his life, but it just feels really like... Um, yeah, it feels, feels like a very personal, personal book. And I forgot where I was going with that, but I loved it. Guys, buy it. Jeff Lemire has written more comics this month than my mum has read in her life. (laughs) (laughs) That is a weird comparison to make. (laughs) And that's why people keep listening. 50 episodes, baby. We did it. Uh, Over to another book from Image uh, through their Skybound imprint, um, which is the one owned by Kirkman, etc., is a a book by two creators, um, Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Uh, It is called Extremity. Siobhan, what happened in this book? 
Oh, guys, so much happens <laughs> in this book. There is a war. There are families dying. It is like... There are severed limbs. There are severed limbs. There are some really extreme severed limbs. This book's I also about family and siblings. This book is also about siblings and um, not living up to your father's expectations and things like that. I loved this so much. It, like... Um, I got to read a preview of it a little while ago um, in black and white, and the colours are definitely really beautiful and really make it worthwhile. But it described it as sort of um, Studio Ghibli meets Mad Max, and that's an extremely apt description. Although it also, And very generous. Yeah, totally. But this is a great, great book, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It feels very... Um, it also has like a sort of more adult Avatar The Last Airbender sort of vibe for me. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this. Very, very gruesome... Very extreme, yeah, very we, cool. I loved it, it. Is it set in another world or is it set in the future? I think it's another world. I'd say so too because there's bow and arrows and space stuff. Yeah. Those things don't side exist by at side. the same time in our universe. Um, yeah. It, so it's, you know, it's, about, it's about war between two factions as well, between mm-hmm. two families, worlds. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. It's, you know, there's tragedy. There's heroics. There's uh, guts and gore. Another really great series that I yeah. cannot wait to be all the way on board with. Absolutely. I'm really keen for, for this to continue. Yeah, it was good. I, I don't know why. Uh, and actually, another really great um, backup material too, a lovely, a lovely essay at the back of this from the, mm. from the writer. And, um, and a cool map. A cool map. All God, comics should come with maps at the end. Even I if really Even if that. your book is like a small town drama set in like Idaho or something, yeah, just give no. me a, put a map of Idaho. Yeah. Like how hard could it be? Just photocopy one. Yeah, absolutely. Just put absolutely. it in there. I love maps at the back of comics. I love it. Uh, it was like there was lots of good backup material this week. I think, yeah, I mean, Royal City number one takes the cake for yeah. just a very lovely personal essay from Lemire in the back there. But uh, yeah, some good one in this one too. Hmm. Uh, over to Vertigo right now. Um, the uh, Sadly, doesn't get mentioned enough on this podcast. Vertigo, one of the best imprints of in, in comic book history. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, doesn't get much love from DC these days, but it, it's always a nice surprise when something comes out with their imprint on it. This Absolutely. is uh, a book called Savage Things. Number one by uh, one of our, you know, we, we review a couple of his books. We really, really enjoyed The Legend of uh, Luther, Str- Luther, Luther Strange. Mm-hmm. Luther Strode. Luther Strode. Sorry. <laughs> Dr. Strode. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there was that other one that we read through Boom that we forgot to re- review all of. Oh, uh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Anyway, his name's Justin Jordan. He wrote this <laughs> book, and it is about uh, like an. A, an assassin school recruiter? Yeah, look, this is like, I feel like this is hilariously a concept that comes up all the time in comics. It's like super, super serial killer slash assassin school. But it does, this one was really good. When I sort of realized what it was going to be about, I was like, I feel like we've seen this before and Deadly Class is already doing all these things. But this had some real moments of like, Real shock and horror. You, and it's, you can tell someone reads too many comics when they go, oh, Assassin's School again? <laughs> God, I've seen that like three or four times in the last year or two. Um, but yes. But this had some really like shocking moments and the art's really great and really atmospheric. And um, it's a, it looks like it's going somewhere very interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's an eight-issue eight limited series, maybe? Maybe not. I oh. hope so. Um, but a uh, issue. Yeah, it's um like obviously so it's kind of split between time. We see the recruitment of a young boy, mm-hmm. um, uh, and we also see what he grows up to become, like you know, one of the, mm. a, a trained killer, and uh, he, he's about to be recruited for something else. Mm. He's reluctant to be recruited, but he gets recruited anyway. In but both it's really occasions. hard. He kills a lot of people <laughs> yeah. to avoid it, but they manage to catch him. So yeah, um, a pretty fun kind of. Uh, yeah, assassination, espionage, little story, sociopath story. Um, what's the guy? The guy who did art, Mustafa, is his last name, and yeah, his first right. name is Ibrahim. 
Ibrahim really Mustafa or not. Really oh, enjoyed it. I liked it. it. Great Colours by Jordan Boyd too. Uh, yeah, cool. Savage Seeds. We're three so, for so three. So far, three for three. Oh, really Christ. Really. Okay, well, should we keep adding the goods? Oh, my God. Can I my, favorite, my favorite, second favorite number one yeah, this yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, I hyped it up last week yep. um, because I saw a preview in the back of an IDW book. Uh, and it is uh, a book called Animal Noir. And um, it's been created by two European creator- creators. Uh, three European creators. Uh, no, two. Four. Wait, two. It's two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their names are uh, Isel Lunasek and Nick Uren. Perfect. That was so perfect. I can't believe it. Um, and, and also, defi- guys, Lynn is back from the dead. Oh yeah, Lynn, Lynn got rehired by Kings and is and can <laughs> now be now can heard laughing in the background. What what? You didn't even listen. Died. Yeah, you, you died. And, you got fired and then you got died. And then we you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a clone of Lynn. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, this book, Animal Noir, is uh, pretty much what it what it what it says on the on the cover. It yeah, is absolutely. A, uh, a crime noir book uh, with animal characters, and it is the most European lo- looking <laughs> book I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, it's just like there, there is something to be said about the difference between American cartooning and like European yeah, cartooning. Yeah, um, And this is not like this is definitely influenced by, but it is not the same as Black Sad. Like I think Black Sad is a much more straight mm. book, whereas this is ten um, percent sillier. I would say like twenty five percent sillier, mm. but you know I'm a numbers <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> it's like a bit goofier. The colors are way more vibrant, and the the, the, the cartoon, the drawing quality of it is uh, sketchier. And plus, um, where uh, the animals of all the animals in Black Side are anthropomorphic, they're all pr- r- relatively like you know similar in size and stature. Mm. Uh, the giraffes just tower over everybody in this city, and. Uh, no, I really, I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, yeah, this was extremely compelling, and it's sort of funny how uh, it's such a silly concept, and then is played so straight. Yes, and it really works. So yeah, it's a, it's an animal city, um, and just like that movie that won an Oscar, Zootopia. Um, <laughs> it's all about the kind of you know, it kind of has different classes of of human society represented by different animals, and uh, what happens when you try and get them all to hang out together and, and live. And be schooled together. Mm-hmm. Um, there is talking about man. You want insane amount of backup material. So it took me about yeah. I don't know twenty minutes to read the comic, and then a full half hour to read the uh, long newspaper article at the back. Um, not half an hour. I'm, 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 but like you know, as much time as it took me to read the comic, there's this, there's a newspaper article about um, these schools in which they had all kinds of animals uh, with you know from different species at school together. And it's, you know, you don't have to read it to, no. to appreciate the story, but it makes you understand the world that they're really trying to build uh, so much better. And, and it's insane the level of care that went into this book. Absolutely. Like, they've really, really thought about this world and how all of the different animals interact with each other. And also, hilariously, the main, like... So, our, our lead character is a um, a draft private detective who is um, looking into something for his uncle, whose wife was involved in something called hunt porn yes of course <laughs> um before they were together and that's exactly what it sounds like it is like sort of snuff videos of people being hunted hilarious um, that's such a funny concept totally. i love it yeah it's great and so yeah it's all, it's all about basically the, yeah, he's trying to solve a case of a bunch of hunt porn that's been stolen from the black market um and uh, it, one of his good friends is married to a famous actress mm-hmm. and uh she, he believes that one of the videos features her mm. um so yeah this is a Real fun. Unbelievable book. Um, and it's one of those books that, like, I'm very surprised that IDW is putting it out. Uh, apparently, one of the owners of IDW, found, like one of the editors, found these guys in Europe and, and got them to write this comic for IDW specifically. That's awesome. Um, 
But it feels I feel like, like you were branching out with some like weird, cool stuff. I definitely. Feel. Um, but yeah, this feels like something that Fanographics would put out. You know, yeah, like it, totally. And yeah, it, it looks great. It's great quality paper, etc. You should definitely buy this book too. Four for four. Nice. Good week so far. Best Holy first moly. things first ever. Um, um, should we keep going with some IDW? Good, good idea, Siobhan. Um, so we also got um, a Judge Dread annual this week, which is a nice kind of um, premiere format. With a spine, yeah. which is nice. And we've been celebrating a book um, that Oni Press put out called Motro, which is by um, Eric Farinas. Ulysses. Ulysses Farinas and Eric Freitas. How good um, is that name, Ulysses Farinas? I yeah, love it. very good. Um, and uh, they've become kind of, that, that book's become a fast favorite of ours. Yeah. And so when I saw this in the solicitations for this week, I was like, oh my God. They're doing a, a, a Judge Dredd story. How great is that going to be? Mm. And now I found out that they've actually written and drawn 24 issues of Judge Dredd. <laughs> we need to catch up on so, Judge Dredd. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I feel like an idiot. On the other hand, I can't wait to catch up on all that. Totally. Uh, so this is, uh, yeah, they, they wrote, uh, the two of those guys wrote every story in this. And uh, the art on the first one was by Dan McDade and Ryan Hill. On the second story is Pablo Tunisia. And uh, finally, Ulysses Farinas himself draws the final story. Um, I thought this was an unbelievable con- collection. Yeah, this was such a good, like, awesome annual. You, It's good, too, if you know a little bit about Judge Dredd before you come into this. But if you just found yourself, like, find yourself wanting to know more about the character or just want three, like, awesome stories um, in that sort of Dread verse, it's, this is so good. This is such a, like, worthwhile thing to pick up. And, like, uh, I don't know why, but when Judge Dredd, you know, which, which we all know is a... Uh, 4000 AD 2000 2000 no, I double, every, double everything it's our 100th episode of Serious <laughs> Issues um, it's their 40th anniversary this year 80th um, <laughs> so yeah 2000 AD property um, famous UK uh, ongoing anthology for how for 80, 40 years. 80 years. <laughs> um, uh, but when IDW announced that they were going to be putting out Judge Trick Comics 2, I was like, I'm a bit dubious towards that. Yeah, totally. Not that I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not after fucking up <laughs> 4,000 AD. <laughs> uh, but, you know, not that I'm a massive Judge for Dread fan. I love that Dread movie, but uh, yeah. I, haven't, I have not actually read, unfortunately, uh, much to Dread in my life. But for some reason, I was dubious towards the IDW stuff, and now I'm like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I say that every episode, so it's fine. It's canon, <laughs> canon that I'm an idiot. Uh, but there but, is so much, like, we don't really talk about 2000 AD stuff too much on the show and it's because I don't read as much of it as I should and it's like it's a weird thing because I think um, in a, like there are definitely really hardcore 2000 AD fans um, but it's definitely still much bigger in the UK than it is anywhere else mm. um, but like some of the like the Alan Moore Thugs Future Shock stuff from the 80s is so so good and there's so much amazing dread stuff out there that's like really perfect post-apocalyptic I've read a lot of Brian Bolland stuff, Bolin stuff that yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's, it's everything I've read I've enjoyed I just like it's, yeah. I, it's one of those books that like it's quite hard to find collections of mm. all this stuff. Yeah, you have to. Uh, do, do they exist in trades? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They no, do? we do okay. have trades, but they just um they don't come out super often. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. Your it's your fault, two thousand eighty. Absolutely. But I don't even know how many numbers you are. <laughs> um. So yeah, the, the three stories in this book. The first one is uh, the start of what will be the next ongoing um series that um Farinas and Fre- Freitas write for Judge Dredd, um and uh, it's called Judge Dredd: The Blessed Earth. Um, and this one, we they, the, uh, Judge Dredd is an old man, mm-hmm. which is uh, a thing that uh, Farinas and Freitas love doing with their characters, just making them real old. Yeah. Um, and a uh, big old grizzled beard. It's he, great. He and a couple of other judges go to a planet where they find a bunch of um, uh, what, what might be humans, but in, in rea- actuality, they've kind of removed everything besides human DNA from their bodies uh, mm. in order to not be noticed by the majority of robot inhabitants of this planet. 
uh, and that's a really crazy concept. Yeah. This is like, you know what, the closest thing this, this made me feel like was um, a friend of the show and, and one-time guest um, of whose name I can't remember right now. Oh, good. Who, who did you interview in the, at the Opera House? Oh, Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, his... Uh, um, uh, God, now I forget these other... Co- what was his amazing Multiple comic? Warheads? No, the one... King City. No, the, the ongoing image that he brought back from the dead. Um, profit. Profit. There we go. Felt like profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this did feel a little bit profity. Like, but I, like more... Um, with a more normal narrative structure. Yeah, and less sex with gross aliens. Which is a m- massive minus in my <laughs> mind. Uh, the second story is about these um, like older, once were judges and soldiers who now uh, have these massive mechs, and mm. when they die, the mechs carry on without them. Yes, um, and and like a kind of adjustment to life um, as a, as an ex soldier and as an as an ex criminal. It was really cool. Yeah, and the final story, which is the one drawn by Farinas, is all about like Mexican wrestling and. The judges are upset because their reality crime TV show is getting outrated by the Mexican wrestling show. Which is um, beamed straight from the prison. So it's all prisoners taking part in the wrestling. And so then uh, one of the judges decides to wrestle the, the main... Me- <laughs> oh, man. It was so great. It was really good. If you like Mexican wrestling and... Um, and being of, in jail. Yeah. <laughs> This was great. <laughs> this was a this was a really good annual. Yeah, really fun. Dare I say the best annual we've reviewed so far on Serious Issues. <laughs> you say that all the time. Do I? Well, like, the best the things are the best oh, I, ever. I'm very positive. Yeah, I just can't remember all the annuals that we've done. Five for five, Siobhan. Yep. When are we going to get let down by last week's number ones? Well, if we're going to keep going with the IDW... Um, no, we're not. We're not. Let's let's just okay. good. I want to I want to see how many for how many we can okay. do. Right. Being positive. Did you read Brave Chef Brianna? Yes, I did. Or as I referred to it last week, without realizing, Brave Ch- Chief Banana, <laughs> which would, would have been a very different, but probably and, also great comic. But maybe potentially racist. <laughs> potentially insensitive at the very very best. Um, so a while ago, I was uh, raving about an ongoing series. Which fucking name I can't remember. All I, I've got a like. All I've been doing is playing Zelda. Like I haven't been sleeping. Then I got a new Nintendo Switch, and all I'm doing in every opportunity is playing Zelda to the point where I was like, "Oh man, I gotta read all these comics." <laughs> Uh, so all, all I can talk to you about is like shrines. Space Battle Lunchtime. Space, thank you so much. You didn't even read it. Yeah, you know I know. It. Only Press put out an amazing book called Space Battle Lunchtime, which uh, was one of my favorite comics of last year. And uh, since it ended after eight issues, I've been looking forward to, or just been like looking looking for something to fill the void of an all ages food based comic. And that's exactly what Brave Chef Brianna is. Uh, this is uh, a story about. A, um, a father who reveals that he is dying. He's a famous chef and he mm-hmm. has uh, many sons but one daughter. And uh, he wants to pass on his uh, his riches and all of his kind of like like food endorsement brand kind of alignments uh, to, to the who, whichever his children can set up their own restaurant and, and become the most successful. Seems very mean um, for a father to do that. Also reminds me of that wine comic. Yeah, I know. I was about to say it reminds me of Drops of God, which is um, an excellent Excellent manga series. It would have taken about... me an hour to remember what that was called. <laughs> it's so good. It's all about wine tasting. <laughs> That's a great it's book. ridiculous. Is that still going? Um, it is, but it's just stopped being translated into right. English. That sucks. Yeah, I know. Damn so it's like world. it's really, really long. But, what if um, we learn Japanese? Look, maybe it's we an should option. start um, a, uh, a a Patreon, Patreon, you know, those things yeah. where people pledge money to podcasts, 
and but the money is to go to us getting Japanese lessons <laughs> so we can review manga. That's a good idea. I, 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 sh- I, I would should do start, that. I should start by learn- just reading the English manga. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, brave chef Brianna takes a turn for the crazy when uh, Brianna opens up a restaurant in a monster city. Whoa, guys, there's monsters. And, uh, you know, spends all this time building a restaurant and on an opening night, She's, it, it, it's revealed that monsters are forbidden to eat human feel, food. Yeah, so they don't eat, um, like, flour or dairy or, like, cooked meat, which is pretty hilarious because, like, that's just a lot of food allergies mm-hmm. that people have. And one thing that I find really cute about this, and which is something that um, they do in a lot of food manga, like... Um, was that what was that one called? Ocean Bow, I think. I'm, you know, I'm never going to remember any um, names today. Yeah, I was kind of half directing <laughs> that. It's called Breath you. of the Wild. Anyway, out now on of, Nintendo Switch. <laughs> there's lots and lots of food manga, and um, they'll put like recipes in the back so that you can like cook along with your with your manga, which I find really adorable. And there's um there's a cute little recipe in the back of this, and I hope that that, that I think it's all going to be like gluten free, meat free, dairy free kind of stuff, which is pretty hilarious. That's so good. I love it. Um, this does not look like... This is not gluten-free at all. <laughs> it's got... Oh, wait, tapioca, tapioca flour, flour. But it's got milk. That's yeah, dairy. Yeah, sorry, that's dairy. Yeah, sure. Well, butter. whatever. Whatever the meal... Eggs. whatever it's got the... cheddar cheese. Look, it sounds delicious. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, this um, book, which was written by Sam Sykes, uh, illustrated by Selena Espiritu and colours by Sarah Stern, uh, was delightful. Yep. And I will be reading all four issues of it that come out on Kaboom. Very adorable. Kaboom is rapidly becoming my most like sure thing of an imprint. All, all of the boom box and kaboom books, they just like... They do best. a great job of all ages comics. Yeah. Um, so, we're, are we six for six now? Yep. Um, Perse, uh, Bre- Benjamin Percy, who yep. uh, we have kind of enjoyed on Teen Titans and not enjoyed on uh, Green Arrow over mm-hmm. at DC. Uh, he was allowed to write a James Bond book this week uh, following <laughs> in the big footsteps of Warren Ellis. Allowed to write. He, they, they allowed him. They also paid him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they encouraged him. Uh, so Benjamin Post Percy and uh, art by Rafa Lobosco and colours by Chris O'Halloran. Um, this is called James Bond Black Box and where Warren Ellis's uh, James Bond story was pretty much what if Je- Warren Ellis was James Bond today. Um, Benjamin Percy kind of writes what if uh, today's James Bond was pretty much just doing all of Roger Moore's crazy antics mm. when he was James Bond. This is like a real fun, uh, rollicking, adventurous, flirty uh, kind of James Bond, but without <laughs> being gross. Um, I really, I thought this was awesome. Yeah, it was really good fun. I find it slightly odd to have a James Bond book that's told in first person narration, just because I feel like normally we're slightly removed from Bond. That's true. But it was it was still a nice thing. And the moment when he knocks down a skier who just um, took out his target that he was targeting, and then sort of fights fights them, and then the, he goes, "Wait, you're," and her mask comes off, and he goes, "Lovely." <laughs> no, no, it's a question. <laughs> that's mark. how I imagine. Yeah, it's a question mark. He goes, "Lovely." <laughs> this I imagine awesome. it's skeezier. Yeah. Um, this is great, great book, huh? Yeah, really good fun, really great art. I'll, I'll continue reading this. And yeah, you, I mean, you could. Eat, I, I, I thought we were just going to get heaps of different writers trying to do what Warren Ellis did, trying to, trying to be Warren Ellis, basically. Yeah. But uh, this is it's not possible, drastically, guys. drastically different. Um, so seven for seven. Nice. That one's out through Dynamite now. Oh, good job. Um, what else did we like this week? You liked this one. Oh, we, we haven't even got to Marvel. What did you think yeah, of these I books? Um, okay, well, so um, should we talk about America Number One? Yeah, let's talk about America Number One. 
I really liked the art on this book. <laughs> I think Joe Quinones should do more things. Um, he should he should do most things. He is a very talented artist, and that was good. And, and was I inked, liked that. Inked, uh, and it looked very different to his art on um, on Howard the Duck, and I was wondering yep. why, but then it turns out it's because it was inked by Joe Rivera and Paolo Rivera. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, that's why it looks like a kind of mesh of both of their styles. Yeah. Um, so this is written by Gabby Rivera, and uh, I was excited because she seems like someone who definitely should be writing this character. Absolutely, and I love the character of America. Me too. I she is very cool. I love her in Ultimates. Yep, definitely. I thought Gabby Rivera, to her credit, got the voice of Ameri- of of, of uh, what's her name, America Chavez, uh, pretty good. I that was the bit that I thought she didn't get that right because I, I sort of think that America is a little bit less. Oh God, we say this all the time, yeah. and it's probably annoying for everyone out there, but just a touch less sassy. You know what I mean? Like she's a bit. Um, she always strikes me as a little bit more, and in fairness, I haven't read the whole Young Avengers run, but a little bit more sort of um, quiet, you know, like a she's very reticent. sure of herself. Yeah, though, yeah, at the she's same time. absolutely. Like, she's very sure yeah. of herself, but she's she's um, quick to punch, but slow to slow to talk. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. She's, she's quiet. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I, I thought she was less sassy than other iterations of characters that we've seen recently. Absolutely. And she's... I think I just took what I got and I was like, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with this level of sassiness. The story, on the other hand, which is mostly her just kind of like going to school. Yeah, breaking uh, up with her girlfriend. Yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about that at all. Um, I liked that. I'm, I'm, I'm not even mad about going to like the weird intergalactic universe spanning university. That seems kind of fun. Mm. Um. I liked her reuniting with Prodigy, who we know from Young Avengers, who now is depowered, but he's like, I still want to learn. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but it just sort of, there was there was something just a bit kind of off about this book. I what? don't know how to... I don't know well, how it, to... it ends really suddenly with her just punching Hitler, which, yeah. which should be the best. Yeah, it should be the best. Um, I want to go on record to say we are pro-punching Hitler. Pro-punching but, Hitler. But uh, I just... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There was something really lacking from this issue for me. Um, yeah. And I think I'm definitely going to give this a few more chances. Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. And I'm obviously, like, you know, I think I really want to support the hiring of someone like Gabby Rivera or just more young adult writers in general. Mm. Um, I just think, you know, that, that's, a, that's a cool voice to have writing these younger characters. Um, yeah, and maybe it's, just a, maybe it's just an element of, like, she's not super practiced at writing comics yet. Mm. Like, um, it takes a little bit of getting used to the form, maybe. Like, there were a couple of moments where it was really, really wordy. Like, there's some really long paragraphs that probably aren't needed and that could have been cut down a little bit just to help the book flow a little better. Mm. Um, well, I broke, I broke our spiel, didn't we? Because I, 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 I'm not, I, I certainly don't, I don't, I don't not recommend it, but yeah. I think this was like a bit of a swing and a miss. Yeah, same, same. I was, I was, I was disappointed by how much I didn't enjoy it because I really, really wanted to. Um, but I'm still going to give it a couple more issues, see if it finds its feet because because Joe Quinones is so great. <laughs> and also, like, she's a great character. Yeah, she's she is is awesome. So yeah, hope, hopefully, the next issue will pick up and kind of. I guess they did introduce a lot in this issue, like you know yeah. what what she's what she wants to do, what she's trying to do, and what she has to do. What she's come from. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Um, I don't even remember Prodigy as a character. Which which well, Young Avengers run was he in? Um, he was in. Oh, like the Amazing Run. 
He was in the original one, and then he also was in the um, Kieran Gillen one. Cool, I've it? read all of them. I don't know why I don't remember this dude. He's just like the really smart dude. Isn't he the guy whose power is just being really smart? Okay. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Could he shapeshift? No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> That's probably right. Because, yeah, he just has an unremarkable power. I don't remember him yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, Marvel also put out a book called uh, Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy, Omega Number 1. So this is um, just picking up the pieces after Spider-Man's um, event this year called Clone Conspiracy, which, which we which sort we, of yeah, especially that last issue. were very underwhelmed by. Totally. But um, I only read this because Siobhan was like, this was good. I liked it. It was fine. I liked it because the end reveal was pretty fun and leads me into being like, man, Dan Slott knows what he's doing. He's going to lead us somewhere sick because well, looks like looks like they're bringing back Norman Osborn, guys. Yeah, but I'm before we, into it. We, 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 you have to be specific about the uh, ending because this, this is an anthology book. It has three yeah. stories. So there's three what the hell moments. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, basically like most people die, but not everyone died and, and um, the jackal got away. And honestly, if you haven't been reading, if you have been reading most of the other Spider-Man stuff, like there wasn't really new information in this. Like, oh my God, Ben Riley escaped. You already revealed that in something else. Like, so it wasn't, there was, it wasn't like totally amazing, but I was, I think I just got overexcited by the Norman Osborn reveal at the end. Is he your favorite Spider-Man villain? He has the best hair of any Spider-Man villain. <laughs> That's what counts. Uh, yeah. So, look, has he, has he not been in Marvel books since Dark Reign? Well, that was kind of what I was like. Oh, I haven't even thought about where Norman Osborn has been for ages. That's sick. I wonder what he's been up to. Oh, no. What, I feel like Dan Slott was probably Was he part of like, that plans. Goblin Nation stuff that, that Dan Slott was doing around? Was he in, was he in so. su- Superior Spider-Man at all? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't, no, I don't think so. Just a whole bunch of other goblins were. Yeah. yeah no, he's, no, he's straight up. Yeah. They were hinting at him, yeah. Thanks thanks for your input, Lynn. <laughs> Next time, do it with sticky tape. <laughs> That's how the listeners know you. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, this spins out into the next uh, story in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. And also, we get a Ben Riley Scarlet Spider number one very soon, too. Yeah. Which, which I looks- can't wait to give an average review of. <laughs> his, his costume is not our favorite, guys. Um, Finally, from Marvel. Or have you got another Marvel book? In I have book? another Marvel book. Oh, I also why are you read... reading these? I don't know. I don't know why I'm reading these. Because I thought we were supposed to read everything, man. Christ. <laughs> um, I read the totally awesome Hulk, Point MU, Monsters Unleashed. Um, this was pretty dumb. I don't really know why I read this. There was just wasn't there wasn't that many comics this week. And so I was like, oh, I guess I'll read this as well. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll punish um... <laughs> myself for having a small workload. <laughs> um, look, what can I say? I just love comics. So this was like a sort of... Uh, like just standalone little adventure with actually some really cool art. There was um, a couple of different artists working on it that um, I really, really enjoyed. Ty Templeton did some really sick stuff. Oh, great. Um, and it's sort of like Spider-Man, uh, not Spider-Man, Christ. What's uh, Hulk? What's a blasphemy on the show? Sorry. Though? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry to all the Christian <laughs> listeners. Hulk, and I can't remember what this chick's name is, but she's like a sexy lady or something fox someone fox white fox i don't know who that is anyway she's like come save us from this monster amadeus and he's like okay and then he realizes that it was all a dream within a dream what blah 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 it was pretty good good it was all right it was not it was sound fine. good it was fine <laughs> okay. it was it was acceptable uh you know it was really aggressively not good oh i didn't read this because i refuse to read any things that tie into the like actively tie into the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe. Spider-Man Homecoming Prelude by Corona Pilgrim. Uh, someone called Todd Todd Noak. And, oh, sorry, Will Corona Pilgrim. I thought it was like a girl's name, Corona Pilgrim, but its name is Will Corona Pilgrim. 
Todd Newack and uh, Vera Gandini, uh, creative team behind this book, which uh, they really have to do much, Siobhan, because mm. uh, this is a prelude to Spider-Man Homecoming, which comes out like halfway through this year. Uh, this entire book, bar four pages, is just a recap of all the Spidey scenes in Captain America 2, 3 Civil War. I kind of assumed that's what it would be. Um, yeah, I mean, I read the Doctor Strange prelude, and obviously he's a new character in the MU, so mm. that was all like a, a new story. And I think everything I've read from that has all been new stories. I don't know, this was just felt real lazy and uh, unnecessary. The I end. think without exception, they always are. These like they just like they are just a time with the movies, and they never give you like any new information. They're always really rushed, really lazily done. I hate them. But always. like, if they're rushed and really lazily done, why is it coming out in March when the movie comes out in like August or something? Yeah, I don't know. That's confusing. Very weird. Maybe they're going to take their sweet time with it, part two, which I will not read. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we made it seven for seven. And yeah, now, that was now we've, good. Now we've had what. For a couple for for no, well, I wouldn't say America is a dud, and you like the other Spider-Man clone conspiracy book. Mm. All right, we've got we've only got one dud, one true dud of the bunch this week. Yeah. so far we've still got a few more number ones. Everybody, um, let's do let's do ones that we didn't hate. The Once and Future Queen by um, uh, Adam P. Nave and DJ Kirkbride. DJ Kirkbride, not the best DJ name, but a pretty <laughs> good writer name. Um, this With art and um, cover by Nick Brokenshire. 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 Whatever. Um, Brokenshire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a book about a chess champion who mm-hmm. flies from the UK, from London to Portland to be in a chess championship. Other way around. Portland to London. Continue. Oh, yeah, you're right. Wow. Portland to London and um, she goes to the chan- chess championship and she fails on the first day. She w- wins one game and loses the second. Devastating. Deadly devastating. She can't handle... Um, that she lost and then she goes running away and then she falls down a cliff. Oh, but the whole reason she lost the match is because she saw a girl that she thought was cute mm-hmm. and was distracted. And also importantly, this is taking place in Cornwall, guys. That is important. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she falls down um, like a, 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 a hill Yep. while going through Cornwall's extensive desert. <laughs> <laughs> and then she falls into a cave and the cave grants her magical powers and a sword. The cave is full of a guy called Merlin. Oh, that's right. Who is in an astronaut suit. Um, that's crazy, what's guys. What's going on in this book? The reason I say Cornwall is important is because that's where King Arthur was rumored to. Actually. Yeah, of course. Um, there are Live. also um, like weird elves who are, who are called Scumchild. No, they're called the Fae, but the I fae. think Scumchild is an insult. And when she read it, Lynn was like, that's a sick insult. I'm going to use that forever now. Scumchild. That's pretty good. I like it. Because Lynn hates children. She loves Ticky Tape. <laughs> Um, and all the characters are called like our lead character is called Rani Arturo and the girl that she likes is called Gwen and the guy that works in the place that they go to eat is called Lance and there's a famous writer in there called Morgan Le Fay it's not that obvious but you guys get it you guys get the picture if you know the King Arthur story (laughs) (laughs) Lynn didn't notice they're all King Arthur characters guys Except it's reborn in a new universe for you to enjoy. I won't be reading a second issue of this, but I thought it was fine. It was totally, it was totally fine. It was pretty cute. Um, I didn't hate it. I think that there were a couple of elements which seemed a little bit like lame to me. Like when she's not using the sword, it turns into a tattoo on her arm, and then she can call it out. And she wears tartan skirts and boots and. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there was a lot like they probably could have 
paced this issue out a little bit more, but I understand that they wanted to get all of the basic concepts done in the first issue to kind of hook people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I sort of felt like it was a little bit rushed and there was a lot going on in this issue. But I really liked the art. I thought it was really cute. I love the name. What's the future queen? Yeah. good. But imagine if if, if this comic was about the band Queen. That would be way better, guys. Uh, America Karate. I'm sorry, America Karate. It's a hard word to say properly. It is hard. It's a real word. America Karate. Um, is a book that came out through Action Lab this week, um, by written by Corey Kalman and Brockton McKinney. It's two writers worked on this book, Siobhan. What Holy do you think moly. about that? Uh, and illustrated by Devin Roth. Uh, this book is a uh, just a straight out flat dumb comedy book. Um, yeah. What would you like? I'm trying to think of something that I could compare it to. Uh, Grizzly Shark. Yeah, but like, like dumber. Like this, like this. Grizzly shark was about a shark that lives on the woods. I know, and I think this is dumber. They go to like the city, the town that he shows up in is called Baconville, and he karate chops a lady's tits off or something. No, her top off. It's a different. Oh, and then he like it's sexy. Gives her the best sex of her life. I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know what insane man children this comic is aimed at except that my boyfriend really enjoyed it so in fact i do know what kind of insane man child this is um directed at yeah this I, was... I have no idea how i felt about this it was like vaguely amusing um but yeah. it wasn't clever it probably wasn't trying to be clever but it wasn't no. funny enough to not be clever i think that's about it uh there are some goofy moments that were like kind of made me like Smirk, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, overall, it was was pretty stupid, and and the, the characters, one of the characters dies really stupidly, and I don't know, it, it just kind of ends, and then it's like there's going to be more of this, apparently. Yeah, and it's got that whole like the bad guy is a foreigner and he hates America, and so for America, you have to do karate, like. I, blah, blah, blah. Which is not for me, you know what I mean? I feel like if, <laughs> if, if I was the creator of this book and I was listening to this, you'd be like, you don't get it, it's a fucking joke, you dickhead. But um, True, I don't get it. I don't find it I funny, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's written by Devin Roth, who is one of the creators oh, of, of I Bob's... I like Bob's Burgers. Yeah, but the comic, not the show, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't read the comic. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, look, I think just like aggressively not for me. Yes. That's, that, that's kind of be like a, a pretty regular term on this yeah. show. <laughs> if we ever do a spin-off podcast, we should, it should be called Aggr- Aggressively Not For Us. <laughs> Another uh, one that um, I felt like made me feel like it was aggressively not for me um, was another IDW number one, Cosmic Scoundrels. This um, one I actually I didn't know anything about, but I saw a picture of it, like not of the, of the front cover. Um, the front cover is great, by the way. Yeah, I was totally on board for this. And the this name of it fun. is great. Um, it, and it, the so logo looks like a sort of sick 80s electro band or something. The words and story are by Matt Chapman, who is one of the creators of Homestar Runner, which was a flash animation that took over the world when Whoa. I was uh, in high school. Um, and uh, it's also um, story and art. It's been written by Andy Suriano, who is one of the um, artists behind um, what's the Sam- Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was like, oh, could this, this could be great. Yeah. But this is like, um, the art's like a lot sloppier than the other dude who did Cage is. Yeah. The other dude from Samurai I don't hate Jack. the art though. Like the art's fine. The the dialogue is real, real bad. It's really like... The jokes don't land. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, guys, 
in this day and age, if your only female character in the whole issue is a like ship, which is programmed to be your mum, who gets called a stupid bitch halfway through, I find that like you're just not writing this book for me, and that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I'm sure there's plenty of. I'm gonna say not something rude. Men who would enjoy this, but it's just it seems like it has been written not for me. So that's fine. That's absolutely fine. There are also Ryan North esque um, like jokes below um, at the bottom of each page, and none of them are funny. They're just kind of annoying. And every time yeah. I read one, I was like, "Why did I read that one?" Yeah, I stopped. I'm reading not. It. I'm not going to read the next one. The next page. Oh no, I did. <laughs> when will I learn? I didn't. I did very early on. Um, so I don't know if if you long for the days of Homestar Runner um, and want to read a like you know impressively less funny uh, version <laughs> of it. Uh, I don't know this. This made me like long for another issue of like Captara, the Chip Zdarsky um, space book that I know you didn't love, but I thought mm. that was that was like infinitely better than this. Yeah, that was definitely way better than this. Um, Not to be overly rude, but uh, read Space Dandy. It's a manga series. It's way better. Um, and then also pledge to our. Um, uh, Patreon, so we can read it in 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 in, in Japanese. <laughs> it's been translated. No, no, but I want to read Japanese. I'm very very like, like true oh, to right, myself right, okay, like yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, we do but, get we do get customers who will call up and ask for manga in the original Japanese. I always watch movies with it's subtitles, really but I prefer not to. I like learning the language before I watch any foreign language <laughs> movies. Um, the backup material in this actually was actually pretty good. There's like a weird like kind of classic strip at the back. I'm sure you clutched out the book long uh, before yeah, this happened. Yeah, I didn't finish it. But that made me laugh. Cosmic nice. Scoundrel is number one. Good for you, mate. Not for us. Yeah. Um, one more number one that I read, um, which I don't think you did, was the return of fan favorite series Rat Queens by Curtis J. Weeby and um, new artist on the series Owen Gianni. I was kind of keen for this because I've never read Rat Queens because I'm not much of like a D&D bro and it seemed like that was kind of its vibe. Mm-hmm. Um and so D and D stands for dancing and detention, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, and so I was quite keen to read this. No, that joke's about as good as everything that was in Cosmic <laughs> Scoundrels. Um, read the return. This was probably a little bit like it didn't do as an awesome job of like opening up the series to new readers. I'm sure if this, if I'm sure if you're already a Rat Queens fan, this was like. I, re- I still enjoyed it, so I'm sure it was enjoyable for long-time fans as well. There was lots of good gags. The characters were really well-realized and quite funny. Um, it's nice to read a comic where there's like a range of female identities. You're not just the female character and that's your personality. Um, so that's pretty fun. And the art was really, really nice. Yeah, I got a few pages into this and I was like, oh, they're referencing stuff from issues that I haven't read. Yeah. If I want to do this book justice, I may as well go read from the start because I know totally. people do love this book. But. And Rat Queens is not that long a series, I don't think. I think it's only like a couple of trades. So it's probably worth um, worth me tracking down and reading the rest because I did enjoy this. If Where I, will you track these those. comics down, Siobhan? You could, you could, if you wanted to be like a really cool guy, you could come to King's Comics, which is located at 310 Pitt Street. Or you could even order it online at kingscomics.com. We really are the, easy. the official King's Comics podcast and proud. I'm proud. Um, I want to give a shout out to the one, one ones I just couldn't let myself read this week. Actually, just one of them. And I even tried to get you to read it too. But um, I know a lot of people were excited about this one coming out. Um, the Riverdale one shot through Archie Comics, which is a, um, like a kind of anthology book based on the iterations of the characters as we see them in the um, CW t- show, t- TV show uh, Riverdale. Mm. And uh, this was just at the bottom of my pile all week. And I just, I was like, I can either read this or I can go fuck up some Bokoblins in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and uh, best believe I fucked up you those Bokoblins. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, none of it, nothing to do with this show does anything for me. Yeah, it's just like, like so many people enjoy this show. My like 
all of my siblings, so many of my friends really, really like this TV show. It's just, I am a, what is, I don't have time for teen dramas these days. I'm a cranky old woman and I do not like teens and their You're like problems. You're barely not a teen. <laughs> I know. I still look like a teen. Maybe that's why I hate them so much. Um, but so just like uh, someone, I can't think of, uh, I think it was um, Connor, Connormon or something who um, posts in our Connormon or group. something. The beloved He's a nice, Connormon. He is a lovely dude. And he posted a really funny link to um, something they're doing on Comics Alliance where they are putting um, quotes from Riverdale, the TV show, over classic Archie panels, and it is very amusing Super to me. Super funny. Yeah. Um, you can find all of us online, Siobhan and myself. Uh, we yeah. will be online at your service 24-7 every oh single God. day. Don't say that. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast is where you can uh, discuss all the comics that we discuss and mm-hmm. any comics that we didn't read. You can argue with us. You can yeah. bring up things that you agreed with or things that you passionately disagreed with. And uh we will argue with you right back, my good friends. Absolutely. Um, before we progress to the regular reviews, um, I want to talk about uh, a zine that we read oh, this yes. week as well. Um, this is uh, by a friend of the podcast who was on the show uh, much earlier in the, the, the lifespan of Serious Issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, a special on zines mm-hmm. and uh, we got a Sydney-based writer and artist, um, Andrew Rolfe um, from Halloween Alley Comics to come. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Talk to us about the zines that he's written. And uh, he uh, had such a great experience talking to us about comics and he was revitalized with the love of comics that he decided to dedicate his new zine uh, to both Siobhan and I, which this is very lovely of him. The best, the first dedication that this show's got, which is real cool. Yeah, that was heaps nice. Um, really appreciated because I'm, I'm really, really like Andrew's comics. I think he's like an incredibly talented storyteller and a really funny guy. Um, and this is really excellent. And so, if you're interested in checking it out, this is like a sort of um, really funny take on like a detective sort of format story she um our lead character darcy jewel is runs a detective agency but she only ever gets asked to um find lost animals and it's very funny yeah and uh, you can you can pick um his comics up he has an etsy store 
Yeah. We'll so if you just look up Halloween Alley on Etsy. Etsy.com slash AU slash shop slash Halloween Alley. Or you can find him on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Halloween Alley Comics. Um, I thought this book was like one of my favorite books that I read this week. Yeah, totally. And I know earlier I said like, you know, that that, um, Cosmic Scoundrels book had like moments where they were trying to do the Ryan North thing and failing at it miserably. Um, Our boy probably wasn't even trying to do Ryan North, but he comes off. There are moments in this that made me laugh more than uh, your average issue of Squirrel Girl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just like really great. It's very hard for a comic to make you laugh. You, can, you know, a comic could be amusing, but won't make you laugh out loud. I actually, I lolled on yeah. the train reading this today. I lolled. I had a um, chuckle. So yeah, Dog Gone is the name of his latest book. Um, but he has a, a few comics that you can buy in his Etsy store. Uh, you should support Sydney Comics. You should get a few of these in, in the King store as well, Siobhan. Yeah. Look, we're going to be doing, um, the reason that we did the zine special podcast um, last year was to celebrate the first ever King's Comics zine fair, which was tied into um, Buy Indie Comics Day. So we had a sale and um, we're going to be doing that again this year. Maybe not on the same date as Buy Indie Comics Day, but it's going to be um, sometime around June, I believe. Awesome. So it should be, should be good fun. I'll, I'll give you guys more information. And you'll be able to pick up time goes on you'll be able to pick up the very funny dog gone and uh, i think it's, it's a sequel to um catnapped which is a book that we talked about when uh he was on the podcast so mm. thank you um so much to uh to andrew rolf for uh for, for the dedication and, and for, for sending and us through a copy that yeah, was really sweet of you def- and definitely and if you if you're a creator of a comic or a zine or even a pitch for a comic yeah <laughs> you can get uh get in touch with our serious issues at kingscomics.com now, at the start of this episode, we mentioned that this episode is brought to you by Aces Weekly, mm-hmm. which is a uh, exclusively digital delivery um, website that just has a whole bunch of um, like online comics that you can read. Um, I've, we, we, we were given um, memberships, which is real sick. Yeah. Um, so we've been kind of going through. So there's, there's so much stuff on here. Um, creators include like uh, Mark, John McRae and Phil Hester and Mark Wheatley and Mark Hempel and David Lloyd, who is one of the people behind Aces Weekly. Um, and look, there's, there's, there's an unbelievable amount of stuff here. Um, and we're really, really thankful that someone uh, with you know, a relevant advertiser yeah. got in touch with us to, uh, you know, have to sponsor the podcast. It's, it's fucking cool, to be honest, because normally it's like, you know, this very specific pop culture podcast is brought to you by, uh, I, like, I don't know, like this cupboard company. Do, yeah. you, do, yeah. do you have trouble opening the locks of your kitchen cabinet? <laughs> well, worry no longer. All you need to do is say serious issues and you'll get 30% <laughs> off your next kitchen cabinet lock. Yeah, my favorite. Um, my favorite podcast. Just I'm gonna just plug my favorite podcast. It's not my own podcast, guys. Um, man, there is a really good podcast. If you have any interest in like the golden age of Hollywood, there is this incredible podcast called You Must Remember This, which is all like secret stories. the The Judy Garland one gave me like gave me chills. She's so incredible. It's hosted by this woman called Karina Longworth, <laughs> but the, all of her ads are for like window furnishings <laughs> and things like that. And I'm always like, come on, get back to the. You gossip. sound like a window furnishing kind of person, <laughs> to be honest. If I didn't actually know you, I'd be like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get that Shimon from yeah. uh, Serious Issues of Window Furnishing for Christmas. Yeah, look, I love it. Um, so yeah, acesweekly.co.uk is where you want to go. It costs uh, just a dollar a month to uh, just over a dollar, just over a dollar a week, uh, a week. A week, uh, <laughs> just over a dollar a week. Um, very different to one, uh, just one dollar a month, but still very cheap. Uh, they have uh, twenty-five plus back volumes um, of uh, material for you to go through. Um, a good place to try, like to begin with, is Volume Five, which um, has a story called "Cowboys and Insects" in it. Cool. I love cowboys. I love insects. Who doesn't? What happens when you put them both together? This issue is what it is by uh, David Hine and Shaky Kane. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of great stuff in there. Head over to acesweekly.co.uk and tell them seriously who sent you. 
Ah, Siobhan, are you ready for... Coin toss, coin toss. Get out your wallet. Why didn't you do it before the show started? Why is this zipper so complicated to get open? Where do I keep my coins? Okay, today we are playing uh, Flip a Coin for Marvel or DC with a special edition, not really, 2005 edition, 50 cent piece. Woo! It's the first I've ever used a 50 cent piece uh, for this very important and beloved uh, segment. Multi-sided. So, Siobhan, what is DC? Heads or tails? DC is tails. Ooh, a loud one. Uh, it's heads, so Marvel first. Marvel first. Okay. All right, that was a lot. Oh, man, I read so many more Marvel books than you. <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Moon Knight issue 12 was my favorite Marvel book this week. What a great issue. Um, we are unfortunately getting close to the end of this fantastic run by the aforementioned Jeff Lemire uh, with artist Greg Smallwood and colors by Jordi Belair. Um, this is uh, part three of five. We've got two more issues to go after this um, of uh, the last arc, Death and Birth. And um, we just see, uh, like, we just after we uh, we saw Mark Spector get rid of all of his uh, other personalities uh, to fight Moon Knight, we see him reunite with him once again. Um, and it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> just like, really, uh, really great. I just love how batshit insane this series can get. But still feel like a grounded kind of crime book. Yeah, absolutely. Like there are multiple personalities running around helping each other. Half of it takes place in a sort of astral plane, um, which is pretty incredible. And it's kind of like it is kind of sad that this only has two more issues to go because in the last page they set up a brand new villain who I don't think we've seen before, who is very scary seeming. And the Bushman. I am, yeah, I'm keen to see um, see more. Who's in the cover for the next issue? Just a close-up of, of the Bushman's head. It's no, pretty, awesome. Pretty sick. That's great. Um, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, spooky. Real spooky. I wonder if he's supposed to be Australian. Oh, cool. We've Did got, you know the Bishop from the X-Men is Australian? Really? He's like an indigenous Australian man. That's right. Yeah. Bishop, the boy. Bishop, there you go. Um, hopefully the Bushman will be as beloved as, the, as Bishop. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just one of the best series that Marvel's put out in the last few years. It's a shame to see it go, but it's great to see it go out on such a high note. The same Absolutely. high note that it started with. Moon Knight, number 12, a very good issue. Very good issue. Also great this week, issue 18 of Doctor Strange by yes. uh, Jason Aaron with uh, Chris Pacello. Um, this is the team up of Jason Aaron and Thor, or is it? Doctor Strange and Thor. What did you I said, say? You said Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron. <laughs> He's a superhero. Um, <laughs> sorry, yeah. So Doctor Strange teams up with Thor, but not to use Thor's crazy lightning power because he needs the medical expertise of Dr. Jane Foster. He can see through the spell that makes Jane Foster Thor and so requests her to come and help him do some uh, brain surgery and remove some tumors. Such a fun twist, but they're magic tumors, guys, which he, which which he, he has eats. to eat. <laughs> it's so disgusting, but it's so good, guys. Pacello is so well suited to this book. Yeah. I love it. Um, unfortunately, it was re- um, announced that uh, Jason Aaron will be leaving this book soon, but uh, Dennis Hopeless will be taking over, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, Dennis totally. Hopeless is good. Real good. Uh, but this is uh, just a great arc, and you know, they're two characters that you would rarely see together, but I, I thought it was done super, super well, and obviously Jason Aaron already has a great handle on Jane Foster, so yep. it didn't seem too out of place at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I do like this, I, I think I've said this a number of times, but I like this more grounded, more sarcastic sort of version of um, of Strange. Yeah, he's been beaten down. Yeah. But he's still fighting everybody. Absolutely. For Loved you it. and me. <laughs> um, now I'm going to talk about a book that I liked, but you probably didn't. Let's do it. Bullseye number two by Ed Brisson, um, who I previously said in an earlier episode of Series Issues that he was better known as an artist. He's not. Yeah, he I was He's a writer. <laughs> I think you were thinking of um, Eduardo Rizzo at that uh, time. No, I think I was thinking of, um, I don't know. 
Who knows? Who knows what you're thinking of? You weren't thinking is the answer. <laughs> That's true. And Zelda <laughs> hadn't even come out when that when that episode was was out. So there's no excuses. But uh, Ed Brisson wrote this one, arts by Guillermo uh, Sana, um, and uh, this continues Bullseye trying to track down um, someone that he's sent to assassinate, mm-hmm. uh, who is almost an equivalent of Bullseye, a very dangerous figure in the Mexican underground. And uh, he basically is coming, Bullseye's coming for him as loudly as possible. Um, it's really dumb. It's like kind of like, what if the Punisher was real stupid and, yeah. and had no, <laughs> like, you know, had no moral morals at all. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy it. I think it's really fun. Yeah, look, like I probably enjoy this issue more than the first one. I just don't like it just doesn't stand out for me. It's totally fine. It's not offensive to me in any way. It doesn't make me angry while I'm reading it. But um it's just a bit it's just, it's just not necessarily my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but it's not aggressively not for you. It's not aggressively not for me. Which is the worst thing we can say about a comic on this podcast. It is just gently not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's passively not for you. Um, yeah, this is a cool. I, I wonder how this this can't be going for more than six issues, right? You would think not. Um, it'd be pretty cool. If, I mean, I guess the, having like a full on like relentless, unforgivable bad guy giving him his own ongoing comic is actually kind of cool. Into me, maybe not. Maybe get yeah. maybe get old pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> I sort of agree with that. But I kind of feel like even the Punisher gets old a little bit quickly. You know. Anyway. Sometimes he Sometimes. does. Uh, you want to review a book that I didn't read? That'd be a fun uh, yeah, change right. for our you listeners. You didn't read. Um, Just to take a pick. I didn't read a bunch of Marvels this week. You didn't read. I think I'm planning on dropping a lot of these books. So yeah, uh, I think I'm probably going to drop this one. Let's do some mutual drops. Really, um, unshocking move to anyone who listens to this regularly. Um, the Unstoppable Wasp, written by Jeremy Whitley, with art by Elsa Charitia. Charitia. Great art. Um, really great art. This is such a fun, cute series, and like I like the I like the general con- like concept of this book, which is this new wasp Nadia who is still like irritatingly perky, and I don't like everyone. Everyone seems to like her, but if I met her, I would be like, shut up. Um, I wouldn't. I'm very polite in person. Um, <laughs> Um, but this is about her sort of going around trying to find all the girl geniuses to update the genius list that exists in the Marvel universe for some ridiculous reason to be like look chicks have brains too that's a good that's a good idea and they're doing a really good job of making this a really diverse book um lots and lots of women of color represented um on the page this had you know moon girl and devil dinosaur my my favorite young readers book at marvel at the moment um guest starring which was pretty fun but did did then did she nail her a moon girl's voice though did he nail Moon Girl's voice? Look, I don't think anyone totally nails Moon Girl's voice outside of the Moon Girl. Girl. Series, yep. um, Lunella. Lunella is just a... She's a cranky, sassy baby, and I love her. Um, but good sassy. There's a difference, everybody. Yeah. I, actually, she, you know she's what? She's cranky first, sassy second. <laughs> um, and this did this did end in a compelling way. It ends in a, with a character who is a um, like female Mexican wrestler holding up a convenience store um she, well, or she, so she previously thought that she was good and she turns out to be bad no just, no. A, oh, okay. just a new character um <laughs> i think one of the things that i find annoying about this are all the little interjections by nadia um there's lots of little like fun fact wasp fun fact but um i never find the facts that fun to be honest <laughs> <laughs> which is the first thing you should make sure your fact is before well, you call it fun absolutely make it fun and then make it a fact um <laughs> Like this is like this is fine. I think this might be another example of me being a cranky old lady and not liking positive teens. Um 
and I think I find it frustrating because I really someone's <laughs> taking a list of them somewhere. By the way, like a, I really enjoy <laughs> Time Siobhan <laughs> was cranky. <laughs> um, I really like all of I like all of the stuff around this book except for Nadia herself, right. um, which I find frustrating because I like I like the plot. I like the other characters. I don't so much like the team up of her and is it is he actually called Jeeves? What's his name? What's the no. butler in Marvel called? <laughs> Jarvis. Jarvis, there we go. Thank you. Thanks, Scott Rao. Thanks, Scott Rao. Um, <laughs> Scott Rao, good at boats. I got a lot of boats, good at Marvel I, facts. Actually, can we, let's retcon it so that the, the butler is Ask Jeeves. <laughs> so the butler is just a search engine. There's a butler called Jeeves. Jeeves and Worcester. Um, yeah, anyway, this is fine. Sorry, that was way too rambly. I'm probably going to keep reading it, to be honest, because that last, um, last bit grabbed me. Mexican wrestlers will do that to you. Yeah, I love Mexican wrestling. <laughs> uh, I read Monsters Unleashed number four by Didn't Colin Bunn. And, uh, they're just, just a different artist in every issue of this. Salvador yeah. Rocker. Who drew two books that came out this week? Oh, I didn't read this. Did um, I? I mean, oh, no, it, I did. It feels Sorry. like you may have. I mean, doesn't this book does not matter? It really doesn't. I don't think it even needs to be reviewed. If you if you are really on board with this concept, you probably had a great time. If you are struggling to be on board with it, like you're like, why am I still reading this? Yeah, I find myself in the latter. I wish it was just a straight. I'm looking forward to the straight Elsa Bloodstone book. Yep. Um, but just the whole like. Whoa, there were monsters, but watch out, guys, because they were just the first ones of the real monsters. It feels like the like Chitari thing from the Avengers movie, yeah, totally. Um, which has been done like obviously to death in comics, so it's a little bit, it's a little bit nothing. Yeah, it, this this event's been a little bit nothing to me. Yeah, um, agreed. And I kind of feel like it almost kind of posted itself as that. Yeah, like it's going to lead into a whole bunch of other stuff happening as a result of it. So it kind of feels I think like it's just going to lead into that monster book, right? Oh, I thought there were like a couple of monster books. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. But um, um, I would if they could do a Fing Fang Foom uh, ongoing. I'd yeah. be I'd be really on board for that. Fing Fang Foom is so consistently funny because he's a dragon with like man arms and pants. <laughs> it's so funny every time. It's so <laughs> funny to me. Uh, so yeah, this this ends. There's one more to go. Mm. Can't wait to review it, Siobhan. Can't Same. wait. Same. Um, also drawn by Salvador Larocco, who is actually like he would he churns books out. He's good. He's done like all the that, that Darth Vader book ended pretty recently, and since yeah. then he's done three issues of the regular Star Wars book and um, an issue of Monsters Unleashed. He's good. The dude's fast. He um, is. And and two of those Star Wars issues came out one week after the other. So like I'm I'm I'm, I'm telling you, he's some kind of beast. He is. Uh, this story is still um, Yoda versus a talking mountain. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and a bunch and a bunch of kids who love that mountain. Yeah. Um, and uh, the interest I don't, I don't really care about the Yoda story anymore. But you then catch up with Luke who lands on the same, the same mountain. Yeah. Um, and so now it's going to be him versus a talking mountain. So that could be fun, maybe. Totally. Yeah. I didn't mind the I didn't mind the Yoda story. Um, I think it's just like this book is just consistently pretty fun. It doesn't like totally. it sometimes breaches highs, but it never really. Is terrible. Yep. Um, if you like Star Wars, you should probably just read no. It. I think like if you if you if you love oh, yeah, Star you Wars, like though, you are, you are less likely to love it because you, you'll be like, ah, oh, the canon. If you like Star Wars but are not like obsessive about it, you will like this comic. I yep. think. Those are um, the Marvel books I read this week, but Siobhan read two I more. I have two more. So I also read issue four of Hawkeye by Kelly Thompson with art by um, Leonardo Romero. So I feel I feel slightly bad that I that I'm considering dropping this, but. Feel free to sway me that I've that I've made a wrong decision. Um, I really liked this issue. I thought this was good. All oh, right, you swayed me. <laughs> <laughs> the art's really, really excellent, and it sort of ties up that first little story arc about um, 
the, the, the girl got of, kidnapped. Yeah, the girl got kidnapped and then all the of brainwashing the stuff. brainwashed people who were brainwashed by stickers, whatever. Mr. Brainwash. It was really good. Um, but it ends with sort of Katie having set up her set up her home, set up her family and leads into... I thought you were going to say it ends with Katie having sex. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I wish. Um, <laughs> I'm back on board, everybody. <laughs> so she's she sort of developed her little little base, little friendship group. She's put down roots um, in her new city. And yeah, she's put down roots. <laughs> oh! I feel like roots is only... It's like a very Australian term for yeah, having so sex. 30% of our listeners yeah. are like, hell yeah, Levens, you did it again. Good job. Um... <laughs> But so then we, we come back to the real reason that Katie came to um, Venice Beach in the first place, which is to find her dad, find out what's going on with her old old man. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. And we see Jessica Jones show up in the last issue. Cool. Which and is look fun. forward to Old Man Hawkeye coming soon to Marvel Comics. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, I enjoyed what this. Is- I like this. I like that comic. Actually, there, there was an Old Man Hawkeye. Yeah, in Old Man Logan. Yeah, but also in... Um- uh, when when uh, Lemire was doing Hawkeye. Wasn't there like old Hawkeye? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah there was. Um, I also read issue five of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, The Avengers by um, Mark Waid and Mike Del Mundo. The main reason that this series or this issue gets a big um, A-plus for me is a because... Plus? Um, yeah, I really like this issue. Mike Del Mundo is so good and he is so, so good at like visual comedy as well. Like there are some hilarious facial expressions and great little comic beats in this um, and it's really, really excellent. The story is now sort of, um, it's like been a time travel thing where they're kind of take, trying to take down Kang once and for all and Vision has enlisted the help of Future Vision um, who has some like crazy future tech to help help them out in this battle and so they've enlisted the original avengers because they're the only ones stupid enough to like come along on this um on this mission with them so it's the original avengers teaming up with the new avengers which leads to some funny moments like thor going why do you have my mjolnir (laughs) (laughs) Um, and stuff like that so it's really good fun i really like this issue cool yeah um, so uh, do we, do we both drop champions? Is that what happened? Yeah. I've stopped yeah. reading champions. I R. missed R. an issue and I just didn't care enough to pick it back up to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. There'll be more champions in the <laughs> Sorry, future. Champs. Those are our Marvel reviews. Now we do the, uh, the tails of the equation. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait, the heads of the equation. You said tails? Oh, who knows? Who Listen knows? back. Let us know. <laughs> Let it us know. Heads. 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 Okay, cool. heads of the equation. DC books. Starting with Batman number 18, written by Tom King with art by David Finch. Um, I am Bane. Is this the mm-hmm. conclusion of I am Bane? Somewhat of one, um, where uh, once again Batman and his pals have double double crossed or like tricked, done a big yeah. big old prank on Bane. The classic classic bait and switch. At one point, Batman looks at the camera and says, "Oh, punked! I gotcha! <laughs> you got punked, Bane." Um, but again, using Catwoman as like a "Oop, she's a bad guy." Oh no, wait, she's our secret good guy, which like felt a little bit. I kind of. I do get a little bit annoyed by the whole like, oh, you thought that this was it, but actually this is what was being planned the whole time. It's called Ocean's 12. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit, it was a little bit old, but I, I still really enjoy this issue. David Finch is drawing the heck out of this series. Yeah, definitely. He draws such a good Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, really. And a really good, big, scary Bane. Um, but, uh, the best part of this issue for me was, uh, Tom King basically drawing the parallels between Batman and Bane. Yeah. And the different, like so many, so much of their life was, was similar, but it was the way their interactions with other people changed. Like the way their interactions with other people was different. It changed them as people and had them grow up as dis- distinctly different men. Absolutely. As young men dealing with loss, but one from a 
a position of extreme privilege and one from a position of living in a scary hellhole prison. Um, <laughs> it can really change. It can really change the experience. Of I, you'd never pick it, but it can. Um, and this is obviously going to end in like a big, a big scary brawl, which I'm pretty into. Yeah, I love that. Um, uh, Selena, like scratched I am cat into yeah. Bane's henchman. That's <laughs> that was, great. That was funny. Um, where was the hawk to help to help out that guy who has a hawk on his arm? Yeah, I don't know. We um w- w- when they, when he showed up in the last issue, we were like, where the hell is he from? And apparently, uh, thanks to a, a a lovely listener, he's fr- he was in Nightfall. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so that was fun to a fun fact to learn. Hmm. See? I wish that, that the was hawk a fact that was fun. The hawk, uh, a hawk, yeah, hanging, had I, also been hanging down yeah. with an exclamation mark on his belly. Perfect. Uh, also in the Bat Family this week is issue sixteen of Nightwing. Nightwing must die, part one. Uh, featuring Damian Wayne going to Bloodhaven for the dumbest reason ever. But it was kind of fun. <laughs> he sees people say that uh, Nightwing is a better Robin than he is. Yeah, Nightwing's <laughs> the best Robin of all time. Which is not true, guys. It's Tim. Sure. Officially. It's it officially is. Tim. It's canonically Tim. Guys. Um, and uh, then we we learn that... Uh, that Dick uh, um, knocked his new girlfriend up. Yeah, Christ Almighty, Dick! You've only been with her for a little while. The one issue. Let's be safe, <laughs> for Pete's sakes. Um, and she decides to tell him by painting a big picture that says "Daddy" on it, which I find funny. <laughs> um, when Damien looks at the pregnancy test at the end, he sees two lines. I can't remember um, because having kids will make you forget every le- every detail that led to you becoming a dad. Yeah. Um, what does two lines mean? Pregnant? Or two did- lines does mean pregnant. Okay, there you go. Um. Uh. So yeah, Nightwing. Um. Uh. His his now Will Allen. She's pregnant. She's been abducted by an unknown person, and Damien is here to help out. Has she been um abducted by Deathwing, who is like this evil Nightwing with long hair? Potentially. I think that's probably what it is. Um, and he has he has bow staffs as well, except they have like scary knives. Yes. On the end of them, which is way scarier than Nightwing. The fair. best part of this book, though, is that uh, in coming to Bloodhaven, Damien has brought the uh, the car from the Grant Morrison Batman and Robin yeah, run, heaps in fun. which uh, Damien was the the Robin to Nightwing's Batman. Uh, so that is back in the picture. That's fun. Yeah, heaps fun. And the, I I love the relationship between Dick and Damien. I think it's always really really good fun to see them team up and interact. And they have such a sort of weird almost brother, almost father-son relationship um, somewhere in the middle of that, which is always really good. Yeah. So I'm torn with how I want this story to go because I obviously don't want Dick's pregnant girlfriend to die. Yeah. But I also don't really want Dick's Dick's to be a dad. I kind of do want Dick to be a dad. Okay. It'd be like Spider-Woman, but with Nightwing. <laughs> I think that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, you would have to keep him the fuck away from Gotham forever. Yeah. yeah. And that kinda, I guess they're kind of trying to do that anyway. Yeah, totally. All right. That's uh, your speculation, your diculation <laughs> for the week. Ugh. That was awful. <laughs> the Flintstones number nine was Yay. not awful at all, though, everybody. Uh, by our favorite dude ever, Mark Russell and Steve Pugh. Um, this was one of the best issues so far because it concentrated a lot on the um, animal appliances yeah. uh, that the Flintstones like basically have as slaves, but yeah. they can talk. Uh, so you, we see that the, 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 a friendship is developed between the vacuum cleaner and the bowling ball, uh, an elephant and an armadillo, um, respectively. Uh, and... Um, after he has, after he gets fired from work, um, Wilma buys Fred a new bowling ball. Who is a jerk? And and he throw and so the old bowling ball gets thrown out, and we see the um, the animals uh, basically become heroes and go to save their friend. I thought it was really sweet um, and funny how they ha- just hate Dino. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then meanwhile, um, yeah, like uh, Mr. Slate, Frank's boss, uh, in trying to impress his new girlfriend. Um, and after finding a, um, a new god who just says, just be the worst version of yourselves, who mm. gives a shit. Um, he, he fires everybody and hires um, cheaper labor. Um, and yeah. But well, then he learns his lesson when his wife is stooping um, the... <laughs> the really Who's angry guy, the, 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 yeah. the Trump figure. From yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the mayor. Who, the mayor, the angry mayor who um, loves war. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I don't know if it was my favorite. I kind of like the, episode, the issues that are slightly more scathing, and this wasn't like as it had like it had so, social commentary definitely, but it didn't. It wasn't quite as biting or going for the jugular as it usually is. I just I um, love so vacuum, I enjoyed this. I love vacuum cleaner and bowling ball so much. They're so very cute. Ha- having them, I reckon they should get their own spin-off series. I would love a, a, a that would be confusing a, as hell. A comic <laughs> called Vacuum Cleaner and Bowling Ball on the stands would be the best. It'd be great. Um, uh, so yeah. But it ends. It ends on a sweet note, um, with Slate sort of developing a moral compass of his own and we're rehiring. Just, we're just going to tell you exactly what happened in this. In this, it's issue a great because issue, yeah. we assume that every single person listening li- already reads the Flintstones. If you don't, I want to ruin it for it's, you. It's one of the top five books that comes out each each month. Everybody, you should be reading it. It really is. Um, what else did you read from DC this week? Um, I also read Superman issue oh, eighteen. This old boy. This um, was lovely. This is the start of a. Uh, a big arc called is it Superman Reborn? Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, basically, uh, w- you know, it was this, the Superman the re- rebirth um, line has all been about John Kent, the um, the son of Lois and Superman, mm-hmm. and um, you know him him getting his powers and uh, him you know trying to trying to be the best Superboy he can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's also been Clark Kent over in Action Comics who is. Like he looks like Superman, but he's just Clark Kent. He's doesn't hasn't got the powers. Who is he? He's a mysterious figure. He doesn't have the history. He's just what if Clark Kent was just a real dude? Um, so uh, he shows up on their front doorstep, and all of a sudden, John Kent starts to disappear. Yeah, starts bursting into mysterious, unearthly flame and disappearing. So I don't know who the fuck this Clark Kent guy is. But he's <laughs> taken one of uh, one of my favorite new characters from DC Rebirth. Yeah, you were really angry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I mean, I don't think that... I think we'll be seeing... I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be seeing John Kent again. I don't think this is going to no, be... I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to change Super Sons to Super Son. It's just going to be the <laughs> Damien book. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is it is lovely to have um, Patrick Gleason yes. doing this issue. Like, goddamn, he is so good at this and his art is so perfect for this. I like this because I really I find the like Clark Kent character one of the most compelling parts of the sort of DC Rebirth um, Superman story even though i've stopped reading action comics well it's the only reason i'm still reading action comics and i'm glad i did now for all this um and it also looks like this is going to um tie into the um mr oz Mm -hmm. sort of stuff and potentially also the um satin girl sort of mystery mystery stuff what comic is she coming back in first um supergirl supergirl there we go but maybe she might show up in this as well maybe yeah um so at the end we get like a who is clark kent um kind of guide with and and the, the hints they're giving you is bizarro uh, oh yeah, they have a, like a who could he be, which kind of reminds me of um. Who shot Mr. After, Burns? After, no, um, <laughs> no. That was, that, was the most, that was the biggest mystery in my life so far. <laughs> um, death and Return of Superman. <laughs> um, Bizarro, New Fifty Two Superman, Mister Mitzel Spitlick, um, the Eradicator, Martian Manhunter, and Magog are the uh, suspects. Now we, Jim from King's Comics, suspected it was Martian Man- Manhunter a few months ago. Really? So, Good call, uh, Jim. I would love it if it was, except that if it. It's a bad version of Martian Manhunter that because sucks. I love Martian Manhunter. It's Martian Boy be... Hunter because he just t- he just took John Kent from us. 
Um, I feel like this is too serious a story to have a Mr. Mitsipitlik um, ending. Yep. I would be I would be down if it was Magog. That's an obscure enough like weird weird throw in that I'm like that's kind of interesting. Or it might be someone new altogether. I, could be a legionnaire. Maybe. Do you reckon it could be a legionnaire? Could be. Like a mm. hat. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Yep, that's exactly what I meant. (laughs) The flap and a a brim. Um, Also uh, in DC this week, there's that big crossover coming up soon with uh, The Flash and Batman about the button. It's called the the, the Watchman button that that Batman found in his uh, Batcave Mm -hmm. in the DC Rebirth issue. Um, And uh, Tom King tweeted that Swamp Thing is going to be quite prominent in this story. Oh. And then he said, what do those two things have in common? And it's Alan Moore. So I think that the big bad guy, I think Clark Kent is Alan Moore. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Can you imagine how like furious that would make Alan Moore if they if DC it. used him as a character in the book? You would get an actual wizard's curse on you forever, so Tom King. I don't think no, that's no, I, worth it. I think it. Tom King's doing it so Alan Moore curses Dan DiDio, and then we'll be <laughs> free of Dan DiDio for the rest of our lives. Can you imagine if Alan Moore replaced Dan DiDio? What an insane place DC <laughs> Comics would be. Um, but Alan Moore has showed up in comics before. Like he hasn't yeah. written. He was he was in issue of uh, issue 120 of, of Hellblazer. But consider. Considering how anti-mainstream um, comics, and to be honest, comics in general he is these days, I would be shocked if he allowed his um, his personage to be used by DC in any way. No, but his, his name will be like Moore Allen. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be Spider-Jerusalem, which is, as we all know, who... I, I always felt like um, Spider-Jerusalem from Transmetropolitan was based on Alan Moore. I always a thought bit that Warren Ellis was based on, on himself. Like, I mean, he came out like Warren Ellis. Oh, because he shaved his... Oh, wait. So, if, yeah. if, 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 if Alan Moore shaved his beard <laughs> off, he becomes Warren Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so, that's our review of Superman 18. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good comic, guys. Read it. Really good. Uh, I read two, there's two miniseries that we uh, started reading six months ago. I've just finished. Oh, yeah. uh, Midnighter and Apollo by Steve Orlando and Deve, Death of Hawkman. Uh, that ended too. So, Midnighter and Apollo was basically Midnighter chasing Apollo down to hell after he died and basically making a deal with, um, uh, what's his name? The, the Necron. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it ends really, really beautifully. It's all about, you know, like, I, I wasn't there for every moment of this, like, adventure. Um, I always love when characters go to hell. No. Um, but um, it ends a really beautiful note for Midnighter and Apollo. And I think, you know, with, with Warren Ellis... Um, restarting the Wildstorm universe mm. um, in the Wildstorm. And you know, that's where Midnight and Apollo came from. Um, if this is their like bow out from the DC universe, it's a really, really good one. Nice. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that one of the, I, one of the, that's one of the few Wildstorm, you know, meet up M- Wildstorm meets DC after the new two that worked was Midnight or especially his uh, interactions with Dick Grayson. So yeah, I will fun. miss that. Um, and if I have any complaints about this six issue run, it was that Dick Grayson wasn't in it. <laughs> But uh, that's, to be honest, let's make a plan of every comic. Yeah, to be isn't it? Uh, Death of Hawkman uh, ended with the death of Hawkman. What? <laughs> Who saw that coming? That's a shock. Um, this was uh, like like confusing and fine. It was less a, a story about Hawkman and more like a setup for the return of Despero. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, so nothing can stop him and he's coming towards the earth, I guess. He's going to get you. He's on the edge of the universe, but boy, is he mad as hell and he's going to come and get you. Adam Strange is stuck in some weird dimension, but Hawkman definitely dead. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll see him again soon. So this is, this is like a kind of cool little miniseries. I don't mind reading miniseries when they're cool. Absolutely agree. <laughs> Finally from DC, from their Young Animal imprint. It's our favorite Young Animal comic, um, Shade the Changing Girl, with, uh, I think I'm just going to go out and say it, the best issue so far. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good issue of the series. It sort of marries up all of the crazy 
supernatural stuff that's um well not supernatural I, I don't even know what you'd call it it's kind of like sci-fi supernatural yeah weird weird shit that's going on in this book um so, so um shade the alien who has um taken over the body of a comatose teenager called megan um megan's uh like psyche mm. fights shade from within her body yeah and it's so compelling and good because you don't you find yourself rooting for the alien who's taken over this poor girl's body, but the poor girl is the worst. Yeah, Megan is an absolute monster, and so you're really hoping that um, Shade wins. And it seems, well, I think it's it's left pretty open. Um, it seems like she's bested Megan, but I think probably Megan is Megan is coming back and in, mean, in a slow form. Meanwhile, on Shade's home planet, we see um, uh, like the the kind of authority there trying to get her madness cloak back um, mm-hmm. and, and getting closer than they ever have before. It's a, such a good book. I love it. This is it. such a fun book. And in the end, we have Shade sort of um, really building up her little friendship group with a couple of misfits from school who help her out, which is pretty sweet. And, and the art on this is so, so good um, by Marley Zarconi. I yep. love the art on this book. Yeah, this is like, uh, so I caught up, I, I was a couple of issues behind the other young animal books, namely Mother Planet Panic and, and Cave Carson. And, uh, I think that those books can just get so confusing and like end on such weird notes. But when this book came out, everyone was complaining about it being so hard to follow. This one for me is just like perfect storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely the easiest to, to read. I think of all the young animal books. I love it. But not in like a, it's easy. It's, it's still compelling. And And, and also very heavy too. Yeah. yeah. But it's, um, yeah, very accessible. Those are the DC reviews for the week, everybody, unless Siobhan secretly read 10 more. Nope, that was it. Good. Now, uh, it was actually quite light reek on... Uh, on, on like, mm. uh, like it, it feels like all of the independent creators only put out number ones last yeah. week. So we've, we've got a handful of books left to review. Um, should we start with Motor Girl? Yes, please. Terry Moore's uh, written and drawn by Terry Moore. Self-published by him too on his Abstract Studio imprint. Um Motor Girl is uh, the incredible story of a, uh, uh, a, a veteran with PTSD, um, li- like working in a scrapyard, mm-hmm. um, except a shadowy organization wants to buy the scrapyard from the old lady who owns it. And this, um, this character, part of how she deals with her P- PTSD is by imagining a big gorilla who sort of looks out for her and is her best friend and who she kind of kicks around with and um, is friends with. And she also thinks that she's been hallucinating aliens. But as we saw in the last issue, someone actually got abducted. And so we think that it's, it's playing with this really fun line of like where, where she sits in reality, what's actually happening, what's real, what's not. Yeah. This is always my favorite comic that we read each week each yeah. month, each time it comes out it's so fun this is such a like this is such a fun comic guys and like for everyone who was like i don't really get black and white comics this is such a perfect example of something that works so so beautifully in black and white terry moore yeah i don't want to see your stuff colored yeah not, not really not you especially give, give me a little bit of a, a taste on the front cover and then just give me that black and white good stuff in the middle Absolutely. i love there's like a character wearing a, a, a black you know black tracksuit and mm. he's not fully coloured in. Yeah. Like there's like scratchiness to, to his, the surface of his of his black tracksuit. I think that's a really nice effect. Yeah. Everything has like texture and seems yeah. lived in. This is a great issue. Um, a kind of uh, a uh, um, a kind of conversation mostly between um our, our lead character Motor Girl and um and her would be um kidnapper. Mm. Um, but uh, there's a great moment where where he's about to attack her and the time freezes. And she like has a conversation with her gorilla friend before she like tackles the guy who's t- about to attack her. That was yeah. awesome. Really good, really good fun. Great, great, great book. Great book. 
Paper Girls number 12 over at Image. Um, it's gotten to that point now that I get in, in, into Paper Girls every few issues where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Who are all these characters? I'm still really enjoying it. Maybe this isn't the best way to read this book. I'm sure it's a bit more rewarding if you read in trade, but also I need to know what happens now. Absolutely. I find like, I find Paper Girls a genuinely really exciting book because it's, I have no idea where it's going ever. I have no idea what's going to happen next. Um, and I'll put every a theory issue, out there. I don't think Brian K. Vaughan does either. <laughs> I think Brian K. Vaughan knows exactly what he is doing at all times. Brian K. Vaughan is one of the most like tightly plotted writers of all time. And I think he knows exactly where he starts and exactly where he's going to end up. Um, and so I have total faith in him. But it's just like, it's just bonkers. And this went to a place that I never thought it would. It's now in like crazy time travel possibly alternate dimension kind yeah. of stuff. It's so brilliant. And I like, like the covers are so beautiful and the art by um, Cliff Chang is just reaching like new heights in this book, I think. And the colors are always so beautiful that this book, like just picking up an issue makes me excited because I just have no idea what's going to be in it. Um, but I, I love it. I love it all. Um, in this issue, one of the characters gets her period. Yeah. Well, what else did that happen in recently? An- animosity. Yeah. This week. was way better. Um, and very Which is so bonkers because animosity is written by a woman. And like this was a way better representation of what getting your period is like for the first time than animosity was. Sorry if that's too graphic. No, but it's like fuck no. No, <laughs> but, but, but like last week in Animosity the the main character got her period and there was just like, like this massive amount of yeah. blood that like came through her pants. This is like yeah, this is a, a lot more realistic. Yeah, this was heaps I'm more I'm led realistic. to believe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this was great. This was a great issue. Um, so if you need to learn about um, what happens when women get their period, um, read <laughs> Paper, Paper Girls, Girls 12. This book has so many surprises in it. Just one of many reasons you should read Paper Girls. Absolutely. Ah, just a joy. And also, like, such a joy to read a, a book again. Like, I sound like such a annoying, man-hating, broken record. But so few male characters. So fun to read a book with just, like, chicks. I love it. We are the worst, so it's fine. I am the worst. No, 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 as in men are the worst. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hierarchy of you are the worst, but men are worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in Image This Week, I read The Walking Dead, number 100 and something. 165. Wow, um, I cannot believe how long The Walking Dead's been going on for. And I feel like it's just going to go on forever. Yeah. Because that it, is it what really Robert Kirkman has said. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's fun. They're, they're now kind of like dealing with this enormous horde of zombies and um, occasionally you get to the point where, they, where they've got so many plots going at the same time that they can only dedicate like you know so many panels to the one plot mm. at, at a time um and so you're jumping forth between like you know there's they're basically massive zombie attacks everywhere but they're jumping from attack to attack to attack to attack and um it ends on a massive uh a massive probably the biggest cliffhanger for in, in in 10 or so issues so uh which is what walking dead does you know the best mm. the best cliffhangers in the game mate um, so very excited to see what happens next. Uh, potentially devastating what happens next, but uh, I don't know. It looks like it looks like a, a character that's been in The Walking Dead from the start. He, um, we haven't lost any of those in a long, long while, and it mm. looks like we may. But I feel like maybe not. <laughs> Someone's been bitten on the neck, Siobhan. Oh shit! How do you come back from that? I Chop off your neck. That, 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 I reckon that's going to happen. Then just and then just carry on your head. Yeah, perfect. Works. Easy works for everybody. Um, over to Boom right now. We've got two Boom books: The End of Big Trouble in Little China. Escape from New York, the crossover that should not be good, but was. It was amazing. I'm going to go as far to say this. I, found, I rewatched uh, Big Trouble in Little China recently. This is more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China is pretty fun, though. It's pretty fun, but it's like to get, to get to the fun part, you have to wait through a lot of not fun part. Look, Jim will fight you. I'm, I'll take him on. 
Um, but this book was just like unbelievable fun. Written by yeah. Peter Day- Greg, sorry, written by Greg Pack with Daniel Bayliss and Triona Farrell on art. Um, this book was just like fun from the start to the end. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of the franchise, if you're just a fan of Kurt Russell, yeah, um, which everyone should be, um, this was just so rewarding. You, you don't even have to have like watched either movie to really understand like what's going on here. It I was- think you probably should. <laughs> you should anyway. I think it'd do. be a, a useful introduction to this series. Um, but uh. Yeah, the, the 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 just the way they just kind of like grab the goofiness of both franchises and just Absolutely. amplify it by ten, and then just run with it. Yeah, totally. Um, and it ends in such a hilarious and funny way. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a very very funny book, and um, and I enjoyed every issue of it. Absolutely, heaps enjoyable. Um, also from Boom this week, and our final comic of the show, Goldie Vance number ten, uh, co-written by Hope Larson, who created the character with Noah Hayes. And um, art on this one is by, oh wait, sorry, my bad, sorry. It's co-written by by Jackie Ball with um, with Hope Larson, and uh, illustrated by Noah Hayes. So filling in for Brittany Williams. So it's the creative creators are taking a little break, I guess, um, somewhat of one. But you know, where normally that would spell like, oh, this book is going to suck all of a sudden. I feel like these are like these last two issues. This story so far has been my favorite arc of Call events so far. I still, I don't know if it's been my favorite, but um, well, everyone it's knows really it's my enjoyable. <laughs> it's really, it's really, really good fun. Um, I like how more realized her relationship with um, Diane is. Yeah, very, very cute, very um, nice. I like that it seems like it's more and more confirmed every time that they're in a legitimate relationship as opposed to just being just girlfriends. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, I, I just, you know, Goldie Vance is at her best when she's fawning over cars and yeah. being a mechanic and. Uh, I like she's kind of like the mechanic first, detective second in this mm. arc. Um, I find that really, really enjoyable and like having her like, you know, kind of forcing herself to have to detect. But what she wants to just do is like pal out with these mechanics that she's super impressed by and yeah. talk about cars. Um, but uh, this, and I also find overall this story to be like, like quite compelling. And um, yeah, this is it's a, a good mystery really good and it's yeah. really good fun. Um, yeah, I'm totally on board for this is such an it's such a like i'm so glad to see that even as hope larson sort of releases control that a this is a character that is going to continue on at boom because i think there's like like goldie man seems like one of those kind of characters like nancy drew that you could just tell infinite stories about yeah totally. um and so it's really cool to see her being embraced so much and uh, um have her being continued continue to being continue to be written so well yeah and also not just Goldie Vance but also like you know you've got to give them credit Hope Larson and and Brittany Williams for how much world building they did absolutely you know you you know everything about her neighbourhood her friends like you know her family situation they did such a great job in that such a short amount of issues that um, you're right the the reason that it is like a Nancy Drew-esque character is because of how how rich her world is Mm. yeah Um, so yeah still one of the best all ages comics on the stands today that's it for the show today, Siobhan. But first, we've got to tell you what everyone can get next week. Speaking of Nancy Drew, we yeah, have the first right. issue of um, Nancy Drew Hardy Boys, issue one, which is like a sort of grim, noir, um, like get, taking inspiration from Brubaker's Fatal and Darwin, Pook, Darwin Cook's Parker series. Um, new sort big, of a, a big, detective. big talk, but uh, that makes me excited for sure. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm on board. It sounds funny. Um, also, uh, on the number one front, we have um, a new book by Matt Kint out on Boom Ooh. with the um, uh, artist from uh, Peter Panzerfaust. Oh, yeah. um, Grass Kings is the name of that one. And we've we've loved every single Matt Kint w- book we've read since this podcast started. So, I yep. um, highly recommend that one. Um, also, R.L. Stein makes his move to Marvel this oh, week yes. for his Man Thing book, which I, I'm very curious. 
I don't know if excited is the is the right word, but curious certainly is. Um, I'm really I'm really curious to check that out. Uh, yeah, we've also got um, uh, a, a cool looking manga called uh, Itchy F Workers Gra- Workers Graphic Memoir of Fukushima um, Nuclear Plant. I am so excited for this. What can you tell me about it? Um, it is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it is a workers graphic memoir of working in the Fukushima nuclear plant, which um, had a had a meltdown. Yeah, as we all know, mm-hmm. a couple quite of years recently. Ago. Yeah, so um, it's going to be really interesting to read that, and probably sad. Yes, probably sad. Um, There's a really great. Um, oh, I feel like Jim might remember the name of it. There was an incredible manga um, all about different short stories from Hiroshima. Um, Jim's just ignoring me, so we're not going to figure out. Do you remember what that manga was? That was all about like um, Hiroshima. Like short stories from Hiroshima. Jim's making a face that, nah, that has It's really good. Check it out, guys. No, I can't it. remember the name. <laughs> um, you know what we need to do soon, Siobhan, is we what? need to do a guide to everybody who works at King's Comics who we reference during oh my the God, show yes. at, all, at, at parts. And we'll interview everybody in this little intro guide because uh, otherwise we'll just think we just have like voices in our head that we talk <laughs> to, like Moon Knight's different personalities. <laughs> I mean, Jim is a constant voice in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Lynn is just this fig, like, like the like, I have like a sticky taping habit, and I just created this this persona. Barefoot Jim is the name no. of it. No, Jen for Jen. Oh well, that's not the one I was talking about, but it sounds good. Wrong again, voice in Siobhan's head. <laughs> so coming soon, your guide to the King's comic stuff to get referenced in the episode. Thanks so much for listening to uh, Serious Issues. You can find us online facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or groups slash slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Join our group, argue with us. It's very fun. Please do. Um, you can find Siobhan and I online at Siobhan CBG um, on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at LevDog, L-E-V-D-O-W-G. Um, go there now to see lots of videos of me DJing in the Mardi Gras parade on Saturday night. Woo! Mardi Gras. I wore a, a blonde wig and a sweatband and, <laughs> d- and DJed for about uh, 50 people on my float who uh, were in like 80s exercise gear from the Retro Threat group. That's so fun. And I had to play Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody about 18 times throughout Look, the night. it never gets old. That key change is always a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, of course, you can find Serious Issues online, Serious underscore underscore issues. Uh, have, a, have a chat to us wherever you may find us because we love talking about comics with you. Thanks Please so much do. for listening. See you next time. Bye. Yes. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.